understand. If you'll stand for the reading of the Word, you'll understand what I mean after you hear what uh, this passage says. We're going through verse 26. Verses 22 through 26 in the book of James. Chapter 1. Here it is. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, that one's religion is useless. It's the Word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to um, catch us up from last week. Uh, there's a couple things we talked about that are overlapping with this message, so I'm going to briefly touch on that. Last week we talked about learning and acting and how the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. As we prepared for communion last Sunday, we learned that Jesus, to the one who betrayed Him the worst, loved Him first with communion. And that's a powerful testament to how God loves. Also, we talked about the implanted Word which is able to save us, the Word of truth, the Word of God. It is also the Word that will save our soul. It is implanted. It begins the process and continues it. And sometimes... What we find is that we learn slow, but we act quick. And God is trying to get us to slow down. To slow down in our hearts, our minds, our responses. To get us back going forward. That's why He gave us two ears and one mouth. To be twice as often listening as speaking. Everything else on our body is two that I'm aware of but only one mouth. You say, well, I only got one nose, but it has two holes. Okay? So there's two there. Two entrances there. I'm just saying. Um, So I, I want to pull, if you will, into this passage of James in a way that probably probably does not feel comfortable, but in verse 22 it says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The word deceive there is a word that also could be delude, but it means to reason incorrectly. To think incorrectly about something. And to come up, if you think about it in the wrong way, you come up with the wrong solution. And that will usually be 100% of the time if you have the wrong reasoning, you'll have the wrong solution. Why is that? Because we are human and we don't have the mind of Christ developed in us and the mind of God, which is much, much more complicated than we could ever, ever fathom. But what it says here is to be a doer of the Word and not just hear it, which deceives us or is incorrect in thinking about the Word. Now the Word, which we're going to find out in just a moment, is the law of liberty. It's the Word of liberty. It's the Gospel. It's the message of Christ. This message 
is quite simple in its most elemental form. And that is, you are not God, He is. Listen to Him. And then, follow what He says. Be a follower of God. Now here's the thing. So a lot of folks don't believe in Jesus Christ in this world. They don't follow God. They don't think God is real or whatever. And so they said, I will never follow a God who's like that. And I'm not going to be enslaved like that. However, we are all enslaved one way or another. Either a slave to sin or a slave to Christ. Your pick. The world's pick. I pick Jesus. Why? Because His yoke is easy and His burden is light and the wages of following Jesus Christ are a whole lot better than the wages of sin, which is death. And we reason incorrectly by saying if I don't follow God or Jesus, then I'm free to follow anything I want and therefore I will be okay. And if I believe this, then uh, if I believe there is no God or, or am agnostic and have no evidence of a God, then I have reasoned myself into a life of condemnation one day with the consequences of it being death. And we go, well... You know, since there is no God, I guess I'll have that consequence anyway. You don't have to. You don't have to. Here's the truth. When you hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ, any response to the Word spoken other than faithful, unqualified obedience is self-deceptive. It's delusional. It's unhealthy mentally and spiritually, and it is also going to destroy you. Well, we say, well, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it for it to be the truth. The God's truth is the truth no matter what we say. No matter what I say or think, God holds true. I can't change that fact. I'd love to reason with God and say, God, you know, just a little slip, you know, a little, little, you know, not slip, but a little, little leniency over here so I don't have to do everything you say. I don't have to follow everything, you know. After all, I'm just human. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I really don't, you know, and this is how we think. I really don't know that I can do it all, God, because I'm not perfect like Jesus was. And so, you know, just give me a little lenience and grace here since you're a God of grace and you love everybody. Just let me do this thing and, uh, you know, I'll be happy. I don't know if you hear those words out of your own thinking, but I hear them out of mine and most everybody I encounter. And the fact of the matter is, after he says to be doers and not hearers only, which means we're thinking incorrectly, it says, if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, they're like a person looking at their face, their natural face in a mirror, observing themselves, going away, and immediately forget what kind of person they are. Now, I've got to tell you, last week we mentioned a little bit about this. It doesn't say that we forget what we look like. It says we forget what kind of person we are. It's different. But this word look here, when it, when, when it says that, is the word of careful and cautious consideration. It has that connotation. Now there's a reason why. is because they didn't have nice, sharp, clear glass mirrors like we did. They had basically pieces of brass and they were wavy. And they weren't real clear and you had to get yourself in the right light to see yourself. So when you'd hold it up and look at it, 
you kind of have to twist it a little to get a good look at yourself. And that's kind of like what this is saying. We look into a mirror and we're trying to get a good picture of it. And as soon as we do, we set the mirror down, walk away, and forget what we look like. But in this connotation here, what we're saying is we're still fuzzy looking at what God is telling us we are and we don't retain the truth about ourselves. When you look into the law of God or the love of God or the mirror of God's Word and you look at yourself in it, you will see ungodliness in yourself. You will see the sin nature and you will also see the Word of God saying that Jesus Christ is the remedy for it. The consequences of not following Christ are much worse than not even knowing He existed when you look at Him and don't follow. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, it says that you look at God or you look at what God says you are according to His Word and it's a a sinner in need of grace. Repentance. Healing. Restoration. And you go, okay God, this is who you say I am. I'm kind of not too attractive in your kingdom. I'm unrighteous. And we walk away and we don't do anything about it. We just agree with God and we go, yeah, I remember what I look, but I forget who I am. It's not what I look like. It's who I am according to God, not according to how I feel in that moment. God knows me and shows me when I come to His presence. Here's what God says. I am holy. You are not. Be holy because I am holy. That's what we hear in the Scripture, right? However, let's break that down a little further. And God doesn't just say be holy. The word for holy there is teleos. It's complete. It's mature. It's continuing to grow to the extent of which you can achieve in a given moment. And so God is saying, I am mature as much as I can in love. You need to become like me. And we go, I agree, God. I need to love people better. I need to be more patient. I need to have more consideration. I need to watch what I say. You know, tithe. Love others like you love me. Okay, God, I'll do that. And we walk away and we don't. This is what it means by forgetting who we are. We don't come into the mirror and go, God... Help me! I can't without you. I need your Spirit in me every moment of the day because I keep forgetting in my mind and I don't follow you. What's wrong with me, God, is I don't listen to you. I listen to every other voice in my head. It's true. And this world will give you opportunity for more voices to listen to. We forget what kind of person we are. But listen to this. And now this is where it gets really fun. This is the part I don't like. What, I, what that means is you want to hear this. Okay? And then you, after you hear it, you're going to go, why would you have to say that? It says in verse 25, 
Whoever looks into the... There's that word look again, right? We're going to talk about that in a sec. Who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now this word look is different. It's not like taking a mirror and going, you know, trying to get the focus just right. This is one where you see something and you're not quite sure about the details of it. And so, for example, you see something on a table or on a coffee table and you want to look at it. People know me, know when I look at something, I, I hold it in my hands. Well, this is the kind of look where you get involved. You bend over to the item, whatever it might be, and you, and you grab a hold of it, you look at it, and you start looking at it and trying to observe every detail about it. Learning it. Understanding what it says or what it's all about. And, and if it's so far away, you kind of bend down and just start peering into it. Looking at it with every part of your being. Flipping it over. Smelling it. If it's, if it's, if it's um, flavorful, tasting it. All these things. This kind of look, it says, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty that way, now it says law of liberty. Boy, oh boy. If James had a better way of saying that, that would be more palatable for us to hear it and understand it. More people wouldn't cringe at hearing this phrase, law of liberty. It's law of freedom. But freedom isn't a law, is what we're told. Freedom is a right. The veterans got us the right to be free. So what is a law of freedom. Is a law mean we are under bondage to liberty, to the freedom because of Jesus Christ? No. The law of liberty means what Christ does for you sets you free. And if you don't look intently at the Word of God about Jesus Christ, what He's trying to do, and you see it as a burden rather than freedom, you haven't looked at it yet. You just kind of forgot what it really was. It's to set you free. It's trying to understand when you look at it, not like you're studying the mirror itself, but you're studying what's inside that it reveals to you. That you're really intent on it. If you want to use a better example of the mirror, you can go back to that. It's where you're not only looking to see what you look like, but now you're trying to go, oh, there's a new wrinkle there and there's a part of me there that, you know, and, and really trying to learn what it's telling you, what revelations are there, what's beyond what you see to the insights that it shows you. Not going, oh, that's me, and then walking along. A lot of people have trouble even looking at themselves in the mirror for a long period of time because they go, oh, oh get out of my way. But I want you to know something. When you look into the law of liberty, which is the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it sets you free to be a slave for Christ. <laughs> now, that sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? Set you free to be a slave. A servant. But you're missing the point if you think slave means bondage. 
You have no relationship with Jesus Christ until you become a slave to Christ. And once you become a slave to Christ, He sets you free to love, to grow, to become like He is. It's like an apprentice slave. It is an indentured servant who attaches themselves to somebody or something that they want to be like and be a part of in their family and be a part of all that. And you learn it and you learn only that. And you say, I'm attaching myself to you and I'm letting go of my history to be a part of what you are. And I'm going to be a slave in that regard as in what you say is going to be my truth rather than what used to be my truth. That is the law of freedom. That you get Christ's truth to replace your old life. Now, I like that. But what I don't like is when I look in the mirror and I have to say this, Lord, use my ugliness or hopelessness because apart from You, I can do nothing Draw me to You and cleanse me because when I look at Your law of freedom, I'm still enslaved to stuff that doesn't set me free. Christ sets you free. And yet we say, how can it be possible that freedom and enslaved are the same terms? And you're thinking that way. It's because you think of a slave as being someone forced into obedience. And a master making that slave do things. It is not the kind of relationship that an indentured servant has. It's not what a slave to Christ has. Is someone who's going to destroy you if you don't listen and beat you along the way. And you get that wrong. You're going to get it wrong every time if you think it's about a master and a slave mentality. It is not. It's about someone who loves you, who you love, who you want to be like who you want to be a part of that family because it's better than anything you ever found in this world. And you say, let me be a part of that. I don't want this old stuff. Let me be a, I want to be a part of that. Please bring me into your home and show me and I'll learn and I'll grow because what I got don't work. It just kills me and destroys everything around me and my life and myself. And I can't be faithful to you, God, if I'm doing that, it's my own effort. And my best efforts get me hopeless. But this isn't, this isn't just, you know, pacifying us by going, well, you know, yeah, I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to be like Jesus. And I really, really want that. He gives you a test. I don't like the test. I don't want the test. I don't want anybody to tell me, hey, you're under the test. It's not a test like a study test. It's a way to tell, like, like a diagnostic tool, if you are indeed enslaved to Christ. Or if something else has you. But, before we get there, listen to John, 1 John 3.10. It says this, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. That's what we call a diagnostic in the faith. It tells you whether or not you're walking in the faith. If you don't practice righteousness or you don't love your brother, 
or anyone else or someone, then you are not a child of God, but a child of the devil. And you go, but, 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 but you don't understand what they've done to me. If you're justified not loving somebody in your life that is not from God, and if it's not from God, where do you think it comes from? It doesn't come from God. There's only one other source. Because God says, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you do not love God. Now here's where this gets tough. And I don't like this test, this diagnostic, but here it is, verse 26. If any one of you thinks you've got some religion, and that's what it says, an outward appearance of an inward faith, but you don't watch your tongue, you're fooling yourself. Your mouth will speak out of the treasures of your heart. Jesus says, by your mouth you are justified and by your mouth you are condemned. So if you don't bridle your tongue, you're deceiving your own heart. And your religion is useless because you're trying to do it yourself without God. If God is helping you, your speech will change. Your desire to communicate will be based on a godly heart seeking holy communication with another. Well, you say, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Let me, let me break this down real simple. If you love, your words will be laced with love. If there's anything else in there, it's not from God, and there's a part of you you forgot about when you looked in His law. And you're enslaved to whatever it is that's not letting you love for your words. Your words will show your love first. Your actions will also. So listen to your own mouth throughout the day and see if you are uplifting, building, and speaking words of love or tearing down and ruining lives. You will know when you hear these things out of your own mouth what kind of religion you have, what kind of connection you have to faith and to God. I want to tell you something. There's not a person in here who can say, oh, I'll do just fine in this. We all need to come before God and repent for the words we said in the course of the day. It is said that we speak 18,000 words a day, approximately. That is about 55 pages of a textbook. And that means in the course of a year, we will have written, if you had written all your words down, about 44 books. 400 pages long. In the course of a year, how many of those words do you think are laced with the complete grace of God because you know one thing? And this is how this works. Don't get, don't get, don't miss this. It's real simple to lose this. And once you lose it, you got to come back and get it again so you don't lose it again. Because this is the thing he's talking about. You look in the mirror and forget. God wants us to look into His law, into His liberty, and say, God, I can't do this. It's impossible for me to do without You in me. This is a God-sized task for me to love like You love. I can't do it. And I can't. I, me, cannot without God. Without Jesus in me, I can't love like that. And if I don't love like that, it's proof to me, let alone everybody else, I don't love like that. And so, instead of going, well, you know, it's just because that's how it's going to be. No. You come to the mirror and you repent. Oh, God, forgive me. 
Help me do this. And you'll walk away humbled. And your conversation is out of humility with others. Not pride, not get back, not anger, not frustration. But you're going, I need grace. And I'll be sure that if I need grace, others need it too because they also are not perfect in their walk with Christ. So i got to give them grace as well. But here's what happens. I forget. And all of a sudden, pride gets in place and somebody offends me. (laughs) Yeah, you know where I'm going. And we say, look what you did to me and you need to pay for that. That's what we do. And listen, you might not see me out there going crazy, but you will see me passive-aggressive. You know what that means? It means it's subtle. It's not vocal. And I promise you, each person in this room does something in regard to that in the course of their life on a regular basis. And I'm not saying it to shame you. I'm not saying it to tell you that you're wrong. I'm not telling you to say that you're uh, ungodly. I'm trying to tell you, you need to keep coming back to the heart of God. And keep coming back so that you're laced with humility and grace. If you've been in the presence of God, don't you want others to know who He is and how much He loves them? Isn't that what you want? But if you're not in the presence of God and you've been in the presence of all the junk in this world, you're going to want to have that. And that's what you'll give them. It's true. Do you understand why the law of liberty is so important now? Because you can't be free to love if you're in bondage to something that isn't God. You're enslaved, but you're not enslaved to be free. You can't love. You can't help. And you're stuck. And you're at the mercy, I hate to say this, but at the mercy of your own environment, whether it's internal or external. And you'll be dictated by what you do by reacting to stuff rather than responding out of the love of God that's in you. And we all need to come every day, especially this day, before the throne of God, the altar, and say, God, forgive me. Because I keep forgetting who I am. And I am a sinner in need of grace every moment of the day. And so is everybody else in need of grace. Just like me. And who am I to say that they're not? And who am I to say that I'm not the one that should offer it to them? Because God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, He's given you and He's given me this ministry of reconciliation. I don't know how to say it any better, but we're going to either build each other up, we're going to tear each other down, we're going to build our community up, or we're going to tear it down by our words first. And our words dictate our heart. And what does it say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart comes out your lips. And James is going to say a little later, you can't even bridle your tongue. No man can tame it. Why? Because it speaks what's in the heart. 
And that's a good thing that it does because once it is attached to God, it pours out blessing and peace and hope. And this morning, I don't know where you're at or where your week's been or how you've been, but I do know this. And I'm going to use an an example to close of a young man who's about 15 years old. And I imagine... I imagine that each of us have used this logic in our lives. This 15-year-old tried to light my bus on fire. He actually succeeded. And he proceeded to make a blowtorch out of some aerosol. I watched the video. I thought it was another kid and I found out it was him. He thought the other kid had snitched on him. And I said, no, sir. I thought the other kid did it. I just checked to see who helped him. But it was you. And I said, and, and you have consequences for that. And he goes, but what about what they were doing? Listen to me. This is what we do. We deflect off of ourselves. But what were you doing? But what was that person doing? It does not matter when you look in the law of liberty about anybody else but your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's your focus. That's who you have to respond to is Jesus Christ. And when you look at Jesus Christ, what were you doing? He said, I was right here waiting for you to love one another. What were you doing, Jesus? I was giving my life for you to give liberty to you. But you kept staying in bondage. Are you happy with your life without me? If we say yes, he'll say, keep trying. It's not going to work. He's not going to force himself on you. But you understand how that logic works in this world, don't you? Is we tend to deflect the level of ours and increase the level of someone else's. Here's how I heard this one said, and I think this is a great way to close. I heard it said this way, we can justify in our lives what we blame others for. It's true. Well, you know, look what they did. Oh, what I did. Oh, there's a reason for that. We don't use the same standard. And our mouth dictates the truth about our heart. What is your heart saying to you today? Do you really want to have a life that reflects Jesus Christ? Or are you just saying it? And then saying completely different. Here's the truth. Your mouth will eventually show whether what you believe is true or not. And what you say you believe. But what you believe is true will come out your mouth sooner or later. And Jesus says we will give account for every word. Every word we speak. And account for it. To Him. Where does that leave you this morning? Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, I can't do anything but come before You and say I'm not where You say I should be. And You have said this is true for all of us. But I I don't care if it's true for all of us. Heavenly Father, it's true for me. And so I come saying, God, make me new. Make this church new. That it would be a church that actually speaks the truth in love, even when it's painful. For Heavenly Father, You didn't give us a reason to love and then justify not doing what You said. 
You didn't say, look into my law and remember what I say and then justify not doing it. You said to be a doer of it. Heavenly Father, I've made plenty of excuses and I know we all have. But today I'm not repenting for anybody but myself. And others may do the same for themselves today. And I ask that they would. That you would convict their heart this morning just like you've done mine. I don't like this word. Because it reveals a painful truth of how far we each one are from your Son, Jesus Christ. But it also shows us that we can come at any time to begin the transformation of becoming like Him without fear of judgment, retribution, because we want to come home and belong to You. Help us this morning to understand it that way. Not in fear, but out of love. Amen.